everybody. Welcome to the Funnel Vision Podcast, a focus on sales and marketing. My name is John Butler. I'm the CEO of TF Leads. I'm joined by co-host Jessica Schwintz, who is VP over here at TF Leads. Good morning, everyone. Excited to be here we're, today. Yeah, we're excited to be with you and have some really exciting topics in the news. Uh, it's kind of our first section of the podcast. Jessica, you want to kick us off? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so something that uh, pretty much came out this morning is that actually Clubhouse, the app that allows you, it's just only focused on audio. So it lets people gather in audio chat rooms. And in the last couple months, it's definitely been in the news and just a lot of people talking about this platform as kind of changing from, you know, Instagram, you have photos, videos, uh, Spotify obviously is ma- mainly focused on pad- podcasts and music, but with Clubhouse, it's just all these audio chat rooms in a way similar to Reddit, but that you can actually speak and listen to the audio of different people in the chat room. So there's actually moderators that will allow you within a specific topic channel to let you into the room to actually have your voice be heard. Um, so they can basically let someone chime in or kick someone out. So we on our side at TF Leads have, um, we were one of the first, what was it, John, like first 2000 in the platform? Yeah, definitely in the first couple thousand. Yeah. Which was cool as they were still in the testing stage. Um, So we've just seen it blow up over the last four months or so. Um, In January, they had a valuation of $1 And recently, Twitter actually just tried to acquire them for $4 billion, which just in a few months to quadruple. And, and there's even talk, too, that it could be um, some some investors believe it could even be worth eight, $8 billion. So we'll have to just see what happens with it. But Facebook today actually is going to come out and announce their um, basically social audio products that they're going to be launching. So it's only a matter of time until Facebook and I would think to Twitter, Spotify end up kind of prepping their own channels for live audio streaming. Yeah. Well, and I just, that's such a large valuation. It's like, how are they making money? I mean, there's, there's going to have to be some type of ad component, you know, to their, their offering at some point. And that'll be obviously really interesting for us, for our clients, but at this point, it's free. It is, you know, the moderators are free to, to, to create content, you know, to listen to content. It's free. There's no subscription or anything. So I'm, I'm fascinated by the valuations. Yeah. Um, those are pretty high, but you're right. Like I could definitely see some of these other social platforms making their own. And, and that's, that's what Facebook's all about is, is duplicating these things. So, um, yeah, just fascinated by that high of evaluation that quickly. I mean, 1 billion in January and four over 4 billion now. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah something we, we saw yesterday. So Apple had their big event and they announced um, some interesting things, uh, especially interesting for, for marketers and advertisers is that um, they revamped. Uh, they obviously came out with a lot of different cool products, um, but they revamped Apple podcasts. So Apple Podcast is going to get a whole new look and feel. Um, there's going to be options for subscription podcasts. Uh, there's going to be more options for, you know, just basically charging for your content, um, which is interesting. And mm-hmm. um, they're going to have a lot of different, you know, bells and whistles that they've had in the past, but completely revamping 
Apple Podcast. It looks like all the changes are going to be available in May. So coming shortly, but interesting to see kind of what that starts to look like. It looks my it seems like there's just from a, a content perspective, whether it's live audio through Clubhouse or whether it's you know pre-recorded podcasts, there's a lot of content that's going to be out there. And so something that's also cool that that Apple Podcast is going to do is they're going to have channels. So you can kind of group your podcast into different channels kind of based on the topic to help you organize all of this content. So don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We'll all see that in May, but definitely fascinating to see how just kind of audio is is definitely growing pretty significantly these days in different formats. I've heard too that a lot of the, you know, Spotify, um, Apple, a lot of these platforms are actually redoing the way to capitalize on advertising as well on the different platforms with podcasts. Because I think there's been kind of a gap in the way that you can advertise on podcasts. It just hasn't, we have such a large listening audience that's growing rapidly, but I don't think the advertising has caught quite up to it. So could definitely see that in the future. That might be some of the changes that they'll roll out as well. I've heard Spotify is already doing it. Spotify is kind of the uh, the main podcast platform. So definitely see them as, as a front runner with, with new bells and whistles for sure. Well, great. Well, to kind of move to our next section, uh, just really talking about, you know, different ways to, to grow your company. And so uh, we wanted to talk about something that, that we've seen and just to kind of share kind of more behind the scenes about, you know, what TF Leads is going through. We are right now at a stage of the company where, you know, our, our client side has been built out really well. Um, testament to, to Jessica, who uh, that's kind of one of her responsibilities at TF Leads is, is the client side. But we right now are struggling in all transparency to also build up the sales side. And so for the most part, I've been the primary salesperson. Um, other than literally one sale over the past seven years, um, I've been the primary salesperson. And so we, we've tried a lot of different things and wanted to really just kind of share what we've done um, to to kind of help you guys um, with, you know, if you're at a stage where you're looking to, to start hiring sales reps. So the first thing that we tried was to actually hire a VP of sales. This, from a, you know, level standpoint, the person we hired was, you know, they, they could talk the talk. Um, we also kind of learned, though, that you, you really want to hire a team of people and really start to see who kind of um, shows themselves to be a leader within the team. And so we, we learned about that. We actually went to a, a conference that, that talked about, you know, building up sales teams. And, and they said, don't hire a VP of sales out of the gate. And we were like, dang it, we, we definitely did that. But at the same time, if you are hiring sales reps, you want to hire more than one. So you want to basically kind of create and cultivate this, you know, competitive nature amongst um, the sales reps, um, at least two, at least two is, is what they recommended. And, and we did actually see when we, we actually um, did hire two sales reps last, I think it was August, uh, August of 2020. And I think the, the unfortunate part about it, because they were some, some great people, great sales reps, is that it was just in the middle of a pandemic. And another thing that we learned is, you know, it's, it's much easier when the CEO is selling something because, you know, it's, it's their baby. They know it like the back of their hand. And in all reality, you know, these sales reps, they just need more resources to be successful. And so that was a, a big, you know, even though we were working on creating these 
you know, sales assets along the way. What we're doing now, um, we had to, you know, unfortunately let those two peeps go. It was just, I think, really more so we were in the middle of a pandemic and no one was buying. But our goal now is to really build out these sales assets, whether it's, you know, infographics, you know, testimonials, videos, you name it. Um, the goal is to have all of those things ready to go so that, you know, a new sales rep, they have all these tools at their you know, disposal. And, and so we're at our goal this year, and, and we'll be kind of commenting on this as we, as we grow together, but is to hire sales reps in July of this year. So our goal is to, to do all we can to have a great first half of the year. Um, we're already on track for that. We've actually had the best quarter and last month was best month ever for the company. So we're really pumped for, for the future. But we want to get to a point where you know, we can hire at least two, two sales reps and, and get them trained up as quickly as possible so that the second half of the year, we can really finish strong. So that's kind of part of our learnings. You, know, you think about a VP of sales, they're going to be more like managerial and more of a mentor, more of a coach, maybe not as more day-to-day, even though obviously you want your VP of sales selling themselves. But I think it's probably a good place to start to hire some hungry sales reps that are that have all the resources or at least as many as you can have ready for them, ready to go um, so that they have just the best chance for success. That is kind of what we've been experiencing. Uh, we're really hopeful. Hopefully we can you know bring some of those uh, sales reps back now that we have a kind of our our ducks in a row for them um, in the middle part of this year, but um, we will see. But that's our goal. Come July, um, hiring at least two sales reps to uh, to have a really strong second half of the year. So let's move into our third segment here, which is the outbound corner. Um, you know, with us being a lead generation company, we can share the different tips and tools that are working for our clients and for ourselves. And the beauty of being a lead gen company is that we can definitely use all of our own processes on ourselves to help grow our sales side. Um, So as John has been the one selling the past couple months, we've been just finding different ways to help support his pipeline and get him on more, you know, introduction calls. And we found that running Facebook and Instagram ads was a great way to do this. So we actually have created lead forms within Facebook. So it basically lives within whatever platform. If the lead is looking on Instagram or Facebook, they don't actually have to click out of their app in order to go to the TF Leads website. So it's it lives within the platform they're using, which makes it just really easy for them to fill out a couple of questions. We have a lead form that usually doesn't have more than five questions on it, just asking some qualifying questions. Uh, usually if we add more than five questions, that's, that's when we see, you know, just a drop off where people are kind of turned away from that. Um, so basically when they submit the form, They also have an option to book a meeting on John's calendar. Um, And then that, we are big fans of HubSpot. Uh, So basically, every time someone submits a form, it's automatically just synchronized and added into our HubSpot as new contacts for us to track, you know, the deal and the lead through the sales process. Um, So we've also started rolling this out, of course, for our clients as well. And we've just seen... And maybe John, you can speak a little bit more to this, but just that there's a gap between 
people thinking that the only B2B way to advertise is LinkedIn, which is a lot more you know, expensive than Facebook. But because of this, there's kind of an arbitrage and, you know, people are also on Facebook. It's the biggest audience out there as a platform, Facebook and Instagram. So um, we've really found that it's been successful for ourselves and definitely would encourage you to, to try it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing because it's seen as a B2C platform, B2B marketers don't take advantage of it. And it's really unfortunate. There's some cool things that you can do on Facebook. There's obviously more targeting and capabilities than you would probably imagine. You can you can actually search by job titles. Um, obviously, if they put their job title in, which a lot of people have um, onto their Facebook profile, it's pretty cool from the Legion form. Like Jessica was mentioning, um, there's kind of four options at the end where you can you can basically download something, you know, leave a phone number for someone to call you back. You can also um, direct to a website or like Jessica mentioned, you can basically have a calendar link put in there which what we is we found is the best way to really just get from point A to point B, right? Just to, to, if we want someone to commit to talking, if they're interested, instead of having another step in front of um, trying to get a call scheduled. So the quicker you can get that call scheduled, the better. But yeah, definitely check it out. Facebook and Instagram ads, uh, trying to get things dialed in as much as possible. But you think about too, just staying within that app, don't want to necessarily send people to a landing page. You know, if anytime you're sending them somewhere else, it's going to you know decrease your chance of really getting, you know, this, the person um, to, to commit. So another thing to, to talk about during outbound corner is uh, data. What do, what do I mean by data? So data is obviously a, a great part of, of being an effective marketer and advertiser. And what's important to call out with about data is a lot of people have asked what is what's legal to use based on what's online and and really the easiest rule of thumb is if it's publicly available data online then it's fair to use so what i mean by that is from a b2c perspective uh, right now uh, you actually have to have people opt in before you can reach out to them um, right now from a b2b perspective which is kind of our expertise you can still email people um, without them having to initially opt in. So that very well could change over these next few years, but that is how it's been for a while. Um, but think about like data that's on LinkedIn. That is still publicly available data. The users are responsible for their profile. And, and so that is data that you can use um, to, to reach out to people. Now we would recommend just like we do for, for all of our kind of outbound um, outreach campaigns, we, we preach, you know, it's all about right person, right message, right time. And so you want to have a, a relevant message. You want to have a, you know, a personalized message as much as possible. Obviously with elements of scale, you, there's some limitations there. Um, it's not always one-to-one, um, but it might be like one to few um, based on who you're reaching out to. But another thing to, to be aware of is there are B2B data licenses out there. So we use, our, our clients give us criteria. Jess, can you kind of give us an example of like some different criteria that one of our clients might give us? Yeah, definitely. So um, we have a client, Y Texas, that is an elite business network um, in Texas. And they really just help companies who are looking to relocate. Obviously, a lot of companies are coming here from California and other parts. 
of the U.S. And they just help facilitate and um, just kind of engulf them into the Texas community a lot easier. So they have a lot of relationships with chambers and uh, government in Texas. Um, So basically, long story short, their target is just reaching out to basically established companies within Texas to join the network. So uh, the CEO wanted us to, you know, connect with other CEOs um, and maybe CMOs on the marketing side, but with the geographic region of Texas and, you know, with these data licenses, you can specify if you want LinkedIn profiles, Facebook profiles, emails, phone numbers. Um, so people can give us, basically our clients can just give us criteria, whether it's geographic region, um, what information that they want to capture, uh, titles of the people that they typically talk to, different levels of the organization um, and things like that. That's good. Yeah. So it's really, there's some great filtering um, capabilities. The, the nice thing about these B2B data licenses is that they're updated on a daily basis. Every contact isn't updated on a daily basis, but they're basically searching out and trying to find you know, these types of people that fit your, your criteria um, every day. So there's some great you know opportunities to, to, to really leverage these resources, but it's important to call out that, um, especially because you think about like B2B data licenses are not publicly available data, right? Um, because you're basically buying a license to be able to use that data. You want to make sure that you're using it for the strict purposes of, of yourself. You can't really share that data with anyone else. Um, we only work with B2B data licenses that have given us permission to be able to do research on behalf of our clients. Um, they know that we're a legion agency and that we're you know doing you know, research for all of these different clients and sharing that data with our clients. So basically, you want to make sure that if you are using this data to not share that data with other companies, unless you get explicit permission. But the reason why we know that um, is that years ago, and this might be, you know, four or five years ago, but uh, we entered into an agreement with Discover Org to use their data license. Um, they they're probably one of the largest B2B data license uh, companies out there. Um, they've kind of been on a, a spree of, of purchasing uh, different B2B data licenses like ZoomInfo. But we, um, we're very upfront with, hey, we're a Legion agency. We're going to be doing research on behalf of our clients. We're going to be sharing that data with our clients and all this good stuff. And a couple months into that engagement, we learned, uh, we got an email from their legal counsel uh, threatening to sue us. And, and basically saying, you can only use this for TF leads. You can't use this for your clients. Now, obviously, we were like shocked by this and pretty upset and frustrated. And we had to get lawyers involved to prove. Good thing we kept all of our emails that said exactly what we would be doing. But we also learned that Discover Org put fake emails into their data license to basically see if it would if those emails would be reached out to from a domain other than tfleads.com. So that kind of blew our mind like, oh man, these data licenses are are putting fake data into their into their data sets to make sure that you're using it appropriately. We, you know, once we proved everything, we were uh, completely clear they never sued us or anything crazy, but we obviously, you know, decided we'll never work with Discover Org or any of their 
subsidiaries um, ever again because you don't do stuff like that. But sounds um, we also like, sorry to interrupt, but it sounds to me yeah. like this is another way for them to be making money. Like what they were trying totally. to sue for was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean it's and and they literally. Um, I mean, this is when we were you know small mom and pop shop and. And they, the legal counsel literally said something to the lines of, well, you know, you can just have your insurance, uh, you know, pay us this, this amount. And, and this was before, I mean, this was, I think it was just myself and a handful of employees, maybe some part-time employees. And, and we were like, we don't have insurance. Like we don't, we're not there yet. And, and so I think they, it, it definitely might be a strategy where they are trying to take advantage of companies that, you know, either A, have insurance um, or B, are large enough to pay these crazy sums. But but I think that actually helped us, honestly, in some ways, because they were like, oh, um, we're not trying to put a mom and pop out of business. And we have proof. So obviously it was, you know, to our benefit. But it just blew us away that, you know, these companies and, and they're they are definitely trying to be a monopoly um, where they you know, they charge crazy amount, you know, 10, 15, up to 30K a year for just some segments. So obviously, if you want different industries or things like that, you'd be paying more than that. So for for data licenses, you want to make sure that you are able to export to CSV files, Excel files, whatever it is, um, so that you can easily use that in other types of targeting. Um, so one pro tip is that 30 days before your agreement ends with Discover Org, you cannot export anymore. So crazy things. Obviously, we're not fans of Discover Org. Um, we'll stop talking bad about them. But you just want to make sure that when you enter into some of these agreements that are typically, you know, year-long agreements, um, sometimes for large amounts of money, you want to make sure that you have all the things that you want. Um, there's some B2B data licenses that only really allow for you to export. 20 or so people at a time, you want to be able to export a lot more than that um, at a time. So there's some things that you want to really drill into when we're talking about data. So just to make sure you're getting the most out of your data licenses. Um, So we've learned a lot about data over the years. We have a variety of different data licenses that we use now to to benefit our clients. Um, That is definitely one of the perks of working with us is that you don't have to also, you know, get a data license uh, because you can, um, we can do that research for you. If you have any questions, uh, if there's any other topics that you guys want to to know about, learn about um, from an outbound side of things, please let us know. Happy to to kind of dive into the uh, weeds about these things. Love talking about outbound lead gen. Thank you guys uh, for your time today. Um, we so appreciate it. Uh, we're excited. This is our, our third uh, episode. Um, we're still trying to be dropping these every Monday. Uh, I think we missed. Um, one, one week because, uh, we just had a lot of things going on. So we apologize. We missed, um, sometimes with running a business that's going to happen, but our, we are committed to trying to, to, to be here for you, um, every Monday. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you all for the time. Feel free to follow us on all the social platforms. Um, funnel vision podcast is where you can find us on really all the different platforms. So Thanks everyone for joining and hope you have a good week. We'll talk to you soon, guys. See you next week.